0: These are the stories of the tenacious, the rebellious, and the resilient women that are working towards the future that they want to build for themselves and their families. I am thrilled and excited to introduce you to the wonderful Helen Emery from The Painted Dragonfly. Helen, welcome. Thank you so much for being a part of Shine On You Crazy Daisy. And tell us about The the Painted Dragonfly.
1: Good morning, Trudy, it is lovely to be here. Thank you for having me. So The Painted Dragonfly is a mobile pottery painting business I'm based in Winchester and I bring ceramics to your door so that you can enjoy them from home.
0: Great idea, I I can't (laughs) wait to get into that. But first of all, reading your your chapter and what I know other entrepreneurs go through and it isn't talked about a lot, is that you came through post-traumatic stress um, in your corporate career and then starting your business. How did that manifest itself and how did you come through that for yourself?
1: So, um, it, so the post-traumatic stress was a miscarriage that I suffered, uh, in March, 2017 and, um, that absolutely devastated me. And something that I don't mention in my chapter is that my little boy who's now six, uh, was born third round of IVF. Mm -hmm. So having had two rounds that went wrong, having then had the third round, and then um, finding out I was pregnant uh, naturally, and then losing it within two weeks—absolutely, it just it just completely floored me. Mm. And the difference was between that and the IVF was that I was having flashbacks, um, and I mean I was just a complete wreck, um, mm. and I didn't know how to deal with the grief. So. Uh, And there's very little help
0: out there as well for miscarriage sufferers. So So how did you manage to pick yourself up? How how did you get through that?
1: um, It was part and parcel of almost being in the right place at the right time, actually. Um, There was a, a local miscarriage support group based here in Kingsworthy. I mean, who would have guessed? And it's actually what but at the time, I don't know if this is all right, but at the time it's one of the only groups outside of London, Mm -hmm. um, which, you know, considering that one in four pregnancies they think and the miscarriage is just incredible that there isn't more support. And also a very chance conversation with a friend of mine who is a uh, trauma psychologist. Um, She actually knew of somebody who deals with these kind of um, family-based issues And she was also based about four or five miles away and had space to see me. And that very first conversation that she had with me was, don't worry, you are not mad, you are not crazy, you will get through this, I will help you. And
0: that is just incredible to find that help. It's to hear that, isn't it? In so many circumstances, when we're validated in our feelings and that we're not mad that this is happening, it's sometimes it's that validation that can then kickstart the recovery as well.
1: Yes. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And having that, that space to be able to talk about it or just sit and cry or, you you know, just to, just to do whatever you need to do. And I know that um, when it was at my worst, the only way I can describe it is that I felt like I was just Clinging on to a cliff edge with my fingers, um, and not knowing what was underneath me, and um, it's quite a frightening experience actually. Yeah. Um,
0: so, yeah. Wow. And and through all of that, and in reading your chapter, and it, having known you for a while, I didn't know this about you. But the mm-hmm. fact that you were an engineer, and now your business is pottery, and you describe in the book hanging up your hard hat and steel-toed <laughs> boots. How do you go from what's the story of going from being a full-on engineer to pottery? So, um, I I had worked
1: with a few female engineers um, before I had uh, my son who had had children, and I'd I'd watched them. It was very difficult for them to be full-time engineers and full-time mums. It just wasn't just didn't go together, and. I realised very soon that actually my career was not going to progress um, unless I was able to work full time, and I and I was thirty eight by the time I had my little boy, and I just thought, no, I've I've spent all this time waiting to be with him. I am not going to now work full time mm. and not have the time with him. So I could kind of I could see that going on in the background, and I just. I, I, it made it very difficult as well to go back to work i mean it, you, you know being a being a male dominated world you um men work full time i mean that's just that is the way it is isn't it and and you know i would work before i had matthew i'd work 40 45 hours a week easily without even really thinking about it and if there was stuff that needed doing i would stay on and do it and that all changed when i had when I had Matthew and um and I knew that it things were just never going to be the same again Mm. and it was a very hard decision oh I'm sorry very hard thing to come to terms with the fact that you know um women are told we can have it all actually there's always a compromise yeah (laughs) and for me that was my compromise was my engineering career I I knew that I could I couldn't pursue it as I had once intended um, and so therefore I I then had the seed planted um, by one of our other um crazy daisies who said you know wh- why not why not start your own business and I'm like okay yeah I can do that but then I, it took me years to actually then come up with the idea um, mm-hmm. because I knew that it it had to be a sustainable, it had to be viable, I had to feel like I was um putting money into the joint account every month. You know, I didn't I didn't want to be kept as such. Mm. Um, So it it did, it took me a long time to actually come up with something that I thought, yep, I could do this and I could enjoy it and I could make some money. Um, And it it came about that it it was again, it was one of these chance conversations that I'd ordered some mugs for Christmas. And I was told that they wouldn't be here, but you can you can have them, and you can have them in January. Well, that's no good to me, is it? They've (laughs) they've got they've got handprints like made into holly. (laughs) So, um, and so then that was it. The idea was born, and I was like, oh my goodness, this is what I could do. Mm -hmm. I didn't know if it would work, but I thought I could do that. (laughs) So there we go. Um, that's how I how I got the idea, and then, um. My my husband's family are from Stoke-on-Trent, which um, a lot of you will know is known as the Potteries. And uh, my father-in-law used to be a ceramicist with Moorcroft. And actually, once I started to do this and the more I got to chat to him, the more I actually found out that the Emery's are pretty big in Stoke. <laughs> really? So it feels as well that I'm like, I'm just kind of carrying on that a little bit in my own way, obviously.
0: Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> It's just such an incredible difference, isn't it? From that engineering and that, the field that you're in, but also the environment that you were in to what you're doing now. I just, I love the story.
1: Yeah. Yeah, Amazing. it is. It is very, very different. Yeah.
0: So one of the things that you talk about in the book is being a role model for your children. Why is that important for you?
1: So um, I grew up um, with, uh, well, my my mum was the, as the role model really for, both mum and dad, mm-hmm. and and it was very important for me that, or that that I saw her, I saw her working, I saw her looking after me and my sister, and and I just felt that I needed to um, to convey that that role model to to Matthew and to other children as well, to other to other girls, because um, I mean we we've, we've talked about my engineering career, and one of the things that I I really enjoyed doing was mentoring uh, school mentoring. Um, especially within like the, the STEM kind of um, areas, um, but it I now have this this very uh, this awkward balance whereby I want to encourage girls into STEM, but I also want them to go in eyes open mm. that when they progress in their career, they're going to have to make these choices. Mm. And and I think as long as you know that when you're you're starting. To make those decisions, that's fine, but um, it it feels like a very, very tricky um, line to, to
0: to walk along. Yeah. It's incredible that also that you in being that role model and in being able to speak to people realistically about what it is like to be in the engineering industry it's something that you can pass on and leave as a legacy for, yeah. for others and to help them through that. And, and yeah. I think you're right in knowing those choices, it gives you so much more opportunity in being able to be whatever you want, having that all as long as you're willing to make those choices.
1: Yeah. And I think that if you're given that choice, you're empowered to make that decision. Sometimes it's being told that, you, you know, if we go back to, to, to me getting over the post-traumatic stress, It's okay to sit there and cry. Mm. Okay, I will do that then. You know, it's it's okay to go to sleep for a couple of hours. I think sometimes we need to be told that it's okay to do something and then we we feel
0: like we can do it. (laughs) I love it. Um, What is one lesson that you have learned that you would want any other entrepreneur to know?
1: I think it is to take that leap of faith. At some point, you have got to make that jump. Um, whether it's from setting up or leaving your job to to going it alone, you've you've got to make a leap, and and I think that would be my advice is that you have to take that leap and make the leap
0: and have faith in yourself whilst doing yes. it. Yes, yeah. the uh, net will the net will appear. I can guarantee it. <laughs> I love that because there is that feeling of jumping, and the net isn't there. But if you have faith in yourself then yes. there is there, it's just finding what that is for you. And, and I, I would also like to say that um, from
1: having that, made that decision to leave engineering in March, my whole demeanour has changed and everybody has said that I am walking taller, I am smiling, I am, you know, I'm so much happier person. It's hard work, don't get me wrong, but, you know, I'm doing it for me and
0: I'm doing it for my family. amazing i love it what is a business book that you would recommend to people
1: well as i happen to have it here am i allowed to give a little plug um it is by the rather fantastic abby broad and it's does it really need to be this hard and it is a book written for ladies in their 40s (laughs) who are starting their own business and it goes through um seven big struggles and it is it is brilliant and you read it and you think Oh, my goodness. She knew me when she wrote
0: it. It's great. Love it. it. Thank you so much, Helen. It has been a pleasure talking to you.
1: Thank um, you. And
0: thank you for writing the chapter for showing on your crazy daisy. And I can't wait for people to read it and take out the gems that you've put in there. Thank you, love. Thank you very much, Judy. Thank you for listening. If you like what you've heard, please leave a review and come back for more inspiration. And if you're ready for more motivation, please go to my website and buy the Shine On You Crazy Daisy series of books with inspirational and motivating stories from businesswomen around the world. But wait, there's more. Come and join the Shine On You Crazy Daisy membership for just 27 pounds per month. We will give you the knowledge that you need in a workshop and the support and encouragement to implement for the growth of your business. More details are available on my website www.thedaisychaingroup.com